This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Jen Hobbs is with us, the author of American Hemp. She's standing by, and she'll be with us for the full two hours to discuss this amazing cash crop, hemp, a recently legalized in the United States as part of the 2018 Farm Bill. Hemp is a quite a miraculous little plant. It can be used as a fuel. It can be used as a food, as a medicine. It can provide shelter, clothing. Heck, it can even remove lead and other impurities from our soil. So why Did it take so gosh darn long to legalize it? And in some jurisdictions, they legalized marijuana before they legalized hemp. We'll get into all of that. And uh, we will take your phone calls in the second hour. So just kick back and have a listen as the, uh, the conversation unfolds. And then come prepared with questions and comments in the second hour when we'll open up the phone lines. And when you call. Please say hello to our recently new technical producer, Owen Wolf. Uh, Ryan is running our live stream on YouTube. And if you haven't already subscribed, it's called Strange Planet. Uh, We also, by the way, podcast, uh, or we we post my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, uh, up there on the YouTube channel. And from time to time, episodes of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. Remember that? Uh, Speaking of which, uh, Ryan, if you're listening... Uh, we should post parts one and two of the Kurt Cobain episode. That was, um, um, it, 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 we just passed, we just passed the 25th anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death. So it might be kind of timely to put, to post those up at the YouTube channel. And uh, he just sent me a note saying, we will do that this week. All right, my good man. Thank you. Uh, just a reminder, I will be hosting Coast to Coast AM this Saturday April the 13th, and Sunday, April the 14th. However, there will be a brand new conspiracy show coming your way on the 14th next week, Uh, but uh, a little uh, telling tales out of school will be pre-recording that a little earlier in the day so that I can make it into the uh, the studio to do Coast to Coast. Uh, And there'll be no live YouTube stream next week. 
but we are streaming live this week. Uh, Eric Mitchell from MUFON will be with me next week, and he'll share uh, his incredible abduction story along with our resident paranormal investigator, best-selling author, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, will be here in the second hour for our monthly paranormal news roundup. That's next week on The Conspiracy Show. Uh, so December of uh, last year marked a largely unprecedented victory for cannabis. The 2018 Farm Bill passed, and with it, hemp became legal in the United States. And what the federal government there had listed for decades, get this, as a Schedule I narcotic, right up there with heroin, folks. Well, it was finally classified as an agricultural crop, giving a great promise to the rise of a new American hemp industry. Now, here's what this new domestic crop can be used for and what makes it a superior product. Or rather, we will discuss what makes it such a, uh, an amazing and superior product and what made it illegal in the first place. We'll also talk about the many health and medical benefits of hemp. Jen Hobbs weighs in on how hemp can improve existing industries from farming to energy to, get this, 3D printing. Can't wait to ask her about that. Plus, how it can make a serious impact on climate change by removing toxins from the soil and by decreasing our dependence on plastics and fossil fuels. Well, you know my position on man-made global warming. That being said, pollution is a problem. We need to, we need to purify our soil. There's no question about that. American hemp lays out where we are as a nation on expanding this entirely new yet ancient domestic industry while optimistically reasoning that by sowing hemp, we can grow a better future and save the planet in the process. Jen Hobbs has been a publicity consultant for the greater part of her career. She's worked behind the scenes with Jesse Ventura since 2007 and shares his enthusiasm for searching for the truth, no matter where it leads. That's what we say on this program. In 2016, she co-authored Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto, which inspired this book. American Hemp, how growing our newest cash crop can improve our health, clean our environment, and slow climate change. Jen Hobbs, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great intro. My pleasure, and thank you for joining us and hanging out for two hours. Uh, the hemp plant, compare, com contrast with the marijuana plant, because they are different, but some people may not realize that. Right, right. And I think a lot of people might not realize that because of the way it's always been grouped. Uh, it's always been considered a drug just right up there with marijuana. And um, for some reason in our culture, we just haven't been um, educated about the vast differences between the two plants. Um, the major difference between hemp and marijuana, of course, is the THC content in the two plants. So, That's what makes you high, right? That's what gives you the right. buzz. Right, right, of course. So, um, obviously, marijuana has more THC in it than hemp does. And hemp, uh, the way that the 2018 Farm Bill defined it as an agricultural crop was that the plant has to have 0.3% THC in it or less. 
So um, when it comes to the genetics of the plant, um, because hemp has always been grown for different purposes than marijuana, the two plants do look different. Um, They grow completely differently. Hemp uh, grows more like bamboo. It it looks more... um, grows uh, taller than the marijuana plant does. Um, marijuana grows more like a bush. Um, the leaves are wider than the hemp leaf. And, um, you know, obviously they're also grown completely differently. Hemp is usually grown outside in a field. And marijuana is usually grown inside under very specific conditions. So that that regulation that stipulates the hemp plant cannot contain any more than basically a third of a percent THC, mm-hmm. 0.3 uh, percent of, of, of THC. That means, I mean, no matter how much you smoke, of the, if you decided to roll up some hemp leaves or some, some hemp flour dried, you couldn't, you couldn't get high no matter how much you smoked. Is that a fair statement? Right, exactly. So if you decide to smoke some CBD flour or uh, use some CBD oil, you'll get the benefits from CBD, but you will not get the high that you get from marijuana simply because there's not enough THC content for it to have that effect on you. Now, can hemp be grown uh, and cultivated if one wanted to in a certain way so that it had greater levels of THC? Or is that just the way that plant is made? It it just does not have the THC uh, percentage in it. That's a really good question. So uh, typically, hemp is bred to have different properties than marijuana. It's usually used for uh, food purposes or for fiber, for making clothing or rope or plastic out of. Um, but you can crossbreed hemp and marijuana uh, to change the THC content and the CBD content. Now, you mentioned CBDs. We should right. talk about those. That, that, that's sure. Those are the cannabinoids, right? Right, right. So um, Explain what they a, are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, the, uh, there's actually a bunch of different ones. CBD and THC are, are only two of them. And, um, they, uh, they interact with our body obviously in different ways. Um, but CBD, um, through all these different scientific studies that have, uh, you know, been going on throughout the years, we found that, uh, CBD has anti-seizure effects. Um, it can help people with multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's. Um, it can help people who have pain, um, severe pain, rheumatoid arthritis, um, people who have uh, um, anxiety even or PTSD. And um, we're also seeing research into treating substance abuse, uh, such as op- opioid addiction and uh, alcohol addiction. Um, right now, there's um, some leading studies going on right now to see that um, CBD can react, actually reduce dependence on, um, on drugs like that, as well as heroin and morphine. Now, once upon a time, maybe 100 years ago, in their little black bag, doctors would come around and they would do house calls back then. They would carry hemp oil in their bags, right? Well, uh, they had 
way back when, when, when uh, it was part of the medical community, yeah, you could, um, that was right around the time when uh, morphine was um, becoming more and more popular to use because they were able to figure out the exact dosage for it. Um, but yeah, people, uh, doctors did use uh, marijuana oil. Um, at that point, we're not really quite sure what the content was in there, um, how much CBD versus how much THC was in the particular oil that they used. But yeah, it was it was used for pain management. So let's talk about this farm bill. I mean, we'll get into some of the other miraculous uh, uh, qualities of of hemp and i'm reminded of that phone call i think you had with your aunt in texas who who uh (laughs) who said it can do all these things it must be a snake oil it just sounds too good to be true it sounds too good to be true but as we'll discover it is not uh so finally in december of 2018 i guess this was a bill originally uh, sponsored in the senate by kentucky senator mitch mcconnell and we'll talk about why that's significant uh, but but what what was in this? This was part of a lar- much larger farm bill. It was kind of an omnibus bill, and then there was an, a, a a part of it that contained uh, or that pertained to the hemp industry. Just talk to me. What about what that bill actually says? Sure. So um, just to give you a little bit of context about what the bill did um, in the United States. We've had something known as the Industrial Hemp Pilot Program since the uh, 2014 Farm Bill. And what that did was it um, allowed states to set up their own hemp farming programs. And usually what those farming programs did was to develop research with the hemp plant um, through a uh, an um, academic university. So they were studying um, how to grow it, the best conditions to grow it under, what it could be used for, and so on and so forth, simply because it hasn't been grown in the United States for so many years. And since then, um, farmers have been saying, look, we want to really take this the next step. We want to take this to a commercial level beyond what we can do inside our state. You know, we need this to be federally legal. And every year since that um, industrial hemp pilot program was first initiated in 2014, uh, there's been legislation to um, pass something known as the Industrial Hemp Farming Act. And every year, um, you know, Congress puts it together and it never went anywhere. It died in a committee. Um, it was referred to, you know, the DEA or uh, the FDA, and it just never progressed. Because, so, because we should point out the FDA and the DEA, it is their responsibility to classify something as as a controlled substance or not, right? Right. right and, exactly. And, and prior to prior to this. Hemp has been lumped in, and people can believe this. Again, it does it is does not have really any psychoactive ingredients. Uh, it is is it has been lumped in as a grade one uh, controlled substance along with heroin. Right, right, and it's just it's fascinating that even how that even occurred. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. Once you, I mean, that was the whole point too of the book is to kind of show people that it is in no way, shape, or form a drug whatsoever, and never has been. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, so once the 2018 Farm Bill um, came up for uh, Mitch McConnell, like you said, um, what he did was he took the Industrial Hemp Farming Act and he put it into the Farm Bill. And when they passed the Farm Bill, and the Farm Bill includes all sorts of things uh, for farmers, um, it handles everything from SNAP, which is our... Um, they're, they're, that's for uh, lower income families, um, all the way to crop insurance. Um, it's, it's, it's a behemoth bill. <laughs> right, um, right. And uh, so he was able to insert this into the bill. And what that did was it completely legalized hemp. It took hemp out of the hands of the Justice Department and put it into the hands of the Department of Agriculture as a crop rather than an illegal substance. Now, no, I was going to say, I was going to ask because marijuana was legalized not only for me medicinal purposes, but but also for recreational purposes. Let's say, for example, Oregon. And I think it was basically back in the 70s, it became instead of time in prison, it, it became like a misdemeanor, like a hundred dollar fine. So right. what I'm wondering right. is, is it were states prior to this? Farm Bill in 2018, were there states that had legalized it? And so what is the what is the difference here if a state, let's say, for example, Oregon, because they seem to be sort of ahead of the curve, or California or whomever, if they had decided to legalize industrial hemp without the feds saying so, could they have done that? Yes, yes. And there are states that have. Um, New York State actually is one of the uh, biggest supporters of the industry. They have all sorts of grant funding available to farmers, and um, that's something that they really want to see move ahead in upstate New York. Um, the the issue here, what really makes it different is because it's now federally legal, um, the farmers get access to all different services that were not available to them before, regardless if the state had legalized it. So in other words, uh, let's say you're a hemp farmer and you you want to have, obviously, a bank account. You want to have a credit card. You want to uh, have a loan or apply for crop insurance. You could not do any of those things because hemp was still federally illegal. And ah. all those services are run by federal organizations, the federal banks. Right. Makes sense. And I'm guessing also... Uh, let's say you were able to grow hemp and let's say there was a hemp rope manufacturer in the same state. Uh, you couldn't, I'm guessing you couldn't get an export license. You couldn't move it across state lines. Right, right. And that's another thing too. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy to think that there could be two states next to each other that both legalized it. And just depending on their laws, uh, it might not be allowed over state lines. And now the federal government has okayed it and it's, it, you know, you can cross state lines with it. Um, any part of the hemp plant can cross state lines now, which is pretty big because, um, you know, even in some other industries uh, with interstate commerce laws, that's not necessarily a thing. Like, for instance, uh, wine manufacturers uh, can't always um, import their wines into different states depending on interstate commerce laws. Right, right. Uh, Jen Hobbs is with us, the author of American Hemp, How Growing Our Newest Cash Crop Can Improve Our Health, Clean Our Environment, and Slow Climate Change with a Forward. 
uh, by none other than Jesse Ventura. How was it working with Jesse? Because you wrote the foreword for his marijuana manifesto. Well, yeah, we uh, we actually co-wrote that together. Um, we've uh, we've been working together for man, it's been over ten years now. <laughs> I uh, I did the publicity for his previous book tours, and um, he uh, he wanted to write a book about uh, his views on marijuana, and um, he knew that I was uh, you know he knew my position on it, and um, that you know my family was also at the time very much involved in it. My uh, my husband is a medical marijuana patient. We grew medical marijuana in California for a couple of years. And we teamed up together to write the book. And it was a, it was a great experience. He's, um, he's, a, he's a really great guy to work with. Is he still down in Mexico? He just came back, actually. Uh, he came back last week. Uh, he goes down ah. there about six months out of the year and comes back up to Minnesota. Excellent. All right. He comes up for some air. All right. Now, I, I want to get back to just uh, we're coming up on a break here, but uh, we'll we'll start this conversation now and we can finish up on the other side. I wanted to get back to Mitch McConnell and, and why it's kind of significant that he would have been the one pushing this bill uh, from from Kentucky. And talk to me about what hemp can do for that state, which really it's big cash crop taken away from it was tobacco. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. Kentucky was that was their biggest cash crop, and um, now that obviously the need and the want for tobacco obviously has gone down quite significantly now, um, and they replaced tobacco with soybeans as their leading crop in the state. Um, but the uh, the industrial hemp pilot program in Kentucky has been in, has been increasing every year, and farmers can make you know, leaps and bounds more um, with with uh, hemp, especially if it's being grown for CBD rather than soybeans. So for the state of Kentucky, especially since they have smaller farms than the national average, um, this is a really big deal for them because it'll okay. really help well, small farmers. We'll crunch some numbers when we come back. Jen Hobbs is with us. American Hemp. Wait till you hear what hemp can be used for. Could it save America? Could it save Canada? We'll be back in a moment, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. From Yeti to Nessie, pyramids to pandemics, all is revealed on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome back. And Jen Hobbs is with us for the full two hours. We will open up the phone lines at the top of the hour and take your questions and comments. So just sit back and listen to uh, the conversation and then uh, we will open up those lines and you can uh, you can fire away, as I say, at the top of the hour. Now, Jen, uh, oh, American Hemp, the book and the foreword by Jesse Ventura. We were talking about the state of Kentucky and how hemp uh, really could absolutely transform lives, particularly, you know, Kentucky farmers. And you mentioned you know, the, the tobacco industry and, you know, rightfully so it's, it's, it's falling by the boards. But at one point, as you point out, 600,000 acres of tobacco were harvested in Kentucky. That's a hundred years ago, a uh, hundred years later, less than a hundred thousand acres. And now soy, soybeans have become the leading crop in the state, but the return on the investment is pretty poor. What do, you, what do they get a farmer? What does a, a farmer get for an acre of soy versus an acre of hemp? 
Right. So um, an acre of soybeans is about $500. It yields about a a $500 return. And if you're growing hemp for CBD, uh, there's the potential to bring in as much as $30,000 per acre. So um, that seems to be, I mean, obviously it seems like a very optimistic figure, but it's actually a pretty conservative one right now. Um, I mean, people can make uh, pretty much 30000 to five, uh, 30, to $50,000 right. um, per acre. So, um, you know, and so 100, 100, 100 times, 100 right. times per acre up to $50,000 per acre. Now, this is before expenses, but still. Right, of course. Yeah. When you, as you point out, the majority of Kentucky farms are quite small. And so growing soy after expenses, you know, a family there might be left with, a, what, a pittance. Like, what's the average income for a farmer in Kentucky? I, you, you, you quote it in the book, and I don't expect you to remember that, but it's quite, it's quite small. Yes. Yeah, it is. And the the problem, too, is that these small farms aren't really they don't really get a lot of money from the USDA subsidies. A, a lot of that goes to the corporate farms. Um, and, you know, the the smaller farms, they're the ones that really need it. Um, I mean, if you have a giant corporation, um, it, you're you're making a lot more money, obviously. And uh, it, it's it's pretty odd the way that those are set up right now. So this is a way to kind of level that playing field and to help these people out, you know, who are um, farming just been a generational thing. These are people that have, you know, uh, ever since whoever was the first to move to Kentucky, they've been pretty much been in the farming industry. Right, right. And there's so many farms that are that are falling by the boards because, they just can't make a go of it. They, 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 these people don't take vacations. You know, they just work and work and work. And at the end of the day, they, they're, they're, they're underwater. Uh, so imagine a cash crop that could deliver $50,000 per acre. That's a conservative estimate. This could save the family farm all over North America. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And um, another thing, too, that's really interesting about Kentucky is that um, they they do a lot for veterans. Um, they're really trying to get veterans involved in in farming in general. And they have a program through their Department of Agriculture to help train and mentor um, veterans and to get them involved in farming. And there's a there's a path for hemp in there as well. Ah, OK. So, um, I want to talk about why hemp was banned in the first place. First of all, when was it banned? Because we'll, we'll get into the, the history of hemp in the United States a little bit later, but when was it banned and why? So, it's really interesting how it all came about. Um, in 1937, uh, we had this legislation called the Marijuana Tax Act. And that was the first piece of legislation that uh, really started to um, to put hemp next to marijuana and to change people's perception of it. Um, so, you know, that particular piece of legislation was meant to um, put put a drug, I guess, you know, start the whole drug classification of of cannabis as a whole. 
Um, so at the time, the United States didn't want to just outright ban something. So what they did was they were able to turn it over to the IRS, to the Department of the Treasury at the time, and they were able to come up with a tax for marijuana and lump in hemp in there as well. And um, what they did was, you know, if you were a doctor, if you were a producer of marijuana, um, if you were a farmer of hemp, uh, you had to pay additional taxes and um, report all of this to um, the Department of Narcotics. And um, it was just something that turned people off in general from being involved with the industry as a whole, because, you know, this is also at a time when um, the economy was not that great, uh, you know, and uh, it, it was just a risk that a lot of uh, farmers didn't want to take, particularly with hemp. So, so 1937, uh, even, 80 right, years right. ago. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so even though people at the time, a lot, you know, obviously farmers knew the difference between marijuana and hemp, and you actually can't grow the two of them next to each other, the hemp plant, uh, the way that uh, cross-pollinization works, it will take out the THC content in the marijuana plant. Um, ah, but that's uh, interesting. what they were able to do was they were able to say, look, you know, the two look so similar. They have the same types of seeds. They, you know, the leaves look the same. So, um, you know, it's going to be so hard for us to tell them apart. And we're just going to, you know, lump them together in this tax code. And the really ironic Part about that is a couple years later, they needed hemp for World War II. Sure, so it the was, war effort, it was absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was rebooted by the federal government um, through a campaign, uh, and it was um, they allowed farmers to grow it again uh, without paying the taxes associated with it. And... Um, you know, the, the Department of Agriculture came out and, and explained how to grow it, helped people with loans, helped build the infrastructure for it. Um, you know, they built all these processing plants so that they can, you know, make the ropes that they needed and the uniforms and, you know, just about everything in between. And as soon as the war was over, you know, it went right back to taxing it and, and making life even more difficult for these poor farmers. Um, I don't. I, I don't understand. Now, I mean, to de incentify or uh, to to tax it is one thing. Yeah. Uh, but when did it become considered a class one or whatever the, the term is, a class one drug up there with with heroin? How did it? How how did that happen? So we talk about this in the uh, in Jesse Ventura's marijuana manifesto. So what happened was. Um, when the DEA um, came to be a formal agency, they were tasked with coming up with the Controlled Substances Act uh, with Congress. And um, what they decided was, you know, what drugs go on that list. And they took the Marijuana Tax Act, which had cannabis listed, you know, cannabis and all its derivatives, um, and they put that up there as a controlled substance as a Schedule One narcotic right up there with heroin. So um, 
you know, when that when that act was passed in the 1970s, that's when it was, you know, formally federally illegal, 100 percent enemy number one in the United States. I mean, there's like a couple of ways of looking at that. One is they're just being awfully lazy, like, well, we can't be bothered to figure out the difference between cannabis and and or marijuana and hemp. They both look alike, which they don't. Uh, so there's that. They're lazy or or two, maybe not terribly bright. I, I don't buy that. Lazy, yes. Uh, or three, is there some – I mean, this is the conspiracy show. But, I mean, I'm wondering, was – the people that were built, the, the people that were manufacturing nylon rope or the people that were manufacturing clothing out of cotton. In other words, was there a cotton lobby or a nylon rope lobby that, that was trying to get hemp out of the picture? Definitely, definitely. So um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, William Randolph Hearst. He was oh, uh, yes. one of the, yeah, so he, he built the, one of the you largest. You get me the pictures and I'll supply the war. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he built one of the largest uh, newspaper chains in the country. And, um, you know, he always viewed hemp as his uh, biggest competition because he had his own um, source of lumber for for paper. Um, and he was, you know, he was able to lobby um, the uh, people that were coming up and, and um and uh, formulating the, the Marijuana Tax Act. Um, aside from him, there was also um, Andrew Mellon. He was um, the uh, director of the, so he was the director of the Mellon Bank, and he was also the secretary of the U.S. Department of Treasury. Jen, oh. I'm going to jump in here. Excuse the interruption. Yeah. We'll take a quick time out. We'll come back and we'll find out what Mr. Mellon had against hemp. Back on the other side, Jen Hobbs, American Hemp, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And uh, we are here with uh, Jen Hobbs, the author of American Hemp, with a foreword by Jesse Ventura. We should point out the book uh, launches, is it April 16th, Jen? Yes, it is. And then it'll be, I'm, I'm assuming, though, that pre-orders are available on Amazon? Yes, yes. Pre-orders are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Target, just about anywhere uh, you can buy books right now, you can get pre-order. And I think uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble have 30% off right now for pre-orders. So that's for eBooks and uh, Kindle and, and for the, the paperback. Excellent. All right. Before the break, we were trying to figure out why hemp was banned back in, in um, 37. And um, you had mentioned uh, that Ran uh, William Randolph Hearst saw the hemp industry because they make paper out of hemp, just about, as we'll itemize later, just about everything you can imagine can be made out of this amazing plant. Uh, but uh, Hearst had his own um, pulp paper. Uh, industry, right. so he was supplying his own newspaper chain, and so he saw hemp as competition. And then you mentioned, is it Andrew Mellon? Yes, it is. Yep, Andrew Mellon. So he was the right. secretary of the Department of the Treasury, um, and he was also a private banker who was financing Dupont, which was a rising petrochemical and pulp 
paper company that's still in existence today. So obviously, a commercial hemp industry would, they saw it as, as jeopardizing their lucrative chemical patents. Right, um, right. So uh, Andrew Mellon, actually, uh, what he did was he, um, he took his son-in-law, uh, Henry Anslinger, Henry Anslinger, and he uh, put him as the first commissioner of the Treasury Department's Federal Bureau of Narcotics. And that's now <laughs> what is the DEA, right? So right. he said, hey, you know, you need to make some money for me. So, um, you know, why else would the Federal Bureau of Narcotics be placed under the Treasury Department, right, if, if the right. United States can't turn a profit by taxing drugs? So that's right. essentially what it was for. Um, and now, you know, obviously the, the DEA is under the Justice Department, um, but it's just so interesting that it was founded just to make money for the federal government. It was just there to, you know, tax people and fine people and threaten people and, uh, you know, make mar- marijuana was the first thing they went after and help. Uh, I, I wanted to just circle back to the um, the 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 claim that they couldn't tell the difference between hemp and a marijuana plant. And that's why they had to lump them together. Uh, less, uh, you know, some innocent hemp farmers got swept up in a, you know, a marijuana raid. They didn't, you know, they were concerned about the poor hemp farmer. That's why they banned it. Of course. Sure. That's it. But you point out in, in American hemp, um, if that were the case, well, I'll let you tell the story, but it, it has to do with China because they grow hemp in China, but they have severe, severe penalties for marijuana. Right, right. And um, that's actually in the, the first chapter of the book. I go over the differences between marijuana and hemp. You know, they are both cannabis, but, um, you know, more and more we see the media referring to them as cousins because they are so different. And um, I go into some of the, the the legal distinctions in other countries. And uh, China is one of them, you know, uh, in China, uh, it's, you know, hemp's been grown there for, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, one of the first, um, known pieces of writing, uh, talked about hemp farming in, in China. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're caught with, um, you know, obviously they, they export it. They're, um, getting into CBD now. Um, you know, they, they've been exporting, um, hemp, uh, seeds for years. But, um, you know, if you're caught with too much marijuana, that's considered the death penalty over there. So, yeah. like, so clearly there are two completely different legal structures in other countries. Um, and they've been, you know, it, it, it's, it's really just mind blowing that uh, we weren't able to, like you said, either it's laziness or it's something else. But um, you know, we go at we've been going after both of them equally. And and before the the 2018 farm bill, when it was illegal federally to to grow not only to grow hemp but to manufacture any products made out of hemp. Uh, you know, you, that shirt is made out of hemp. You're going to jail. Seriously. But yeah. there was a, there was a thriving hemp import business to the tune of what? $700 million or something in the United States. So you could import oh, yeah. hemp products, right? Right. Right. 
And that's always been, you know, another thing that um, farmers in the United States are like, you know, what is going on here? You know, um, once, uh, obviously, when Canada um, legalized hemp and uh, started exporting hemp oil and hemp seed and uh, food-grade products, you know, the, the United States said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll allow that. And then that's obviously when United States farmers turned around and said, okay, well, well, why can't we do that here? What's the big problem, you know? Um, exactly. In North- so, uh, here's in that, uh, that eerie music percolating up okay. again, Jen, which means I have to interrupt you again, sadly, but we will get together again soon, I promise. On the other side, in fact, just moments away, more of my conversation with Jen Hobbs, author of American Hemp, with a foreword by Jesse Ventura. Where does that name sound familiar? Back with more. Stay with us. PIN numbers, passcodes, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's two more numbers. 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. We're here with Jen Hobbs, author of American Hemp, with a foreword by Jesse Ventura. The book will be available. Well, it'll launch on April the 16th, so just uh, about a week away. However, uh, Amazon is accepting pre-orders, and I think there are some discounts there on the pre-order, including the Kindle uh, version. So much to discuss here. So many aspects of this miraculous plant, and we have people waiting on the on the uh, the phone phones to talk to as well. But I just wanted to finish up with sort of the medicinal uh, qualities of hemp, and then talk about the environment as well. Wait till you hear what they're doing in, with in Chernobyl with hemp. But uh, can the oil be used as a topical, and if so, what is it good for? Yes, uh, CBD oil uh, can be used as a as a topical uh, medication as well. Um, that's something that people can use for sore muscles, um, for you know, if you have arthritis, some people can use it for that. Um, and uh, I've seen, you know, I've seen it put into bath bombs um, and other bath products, um, and uh, it's. You know, it's it's very versatile. Uh, it just depends on you know how much of it you need for your specific condition. So that that might be a little trial and error as far as you know um, if if the content is going to be enough for your symptoms. And and is it still awaiting FDA approval in order for a package of hemp oil to say hemp oil will will can can alleviate this or it can help with this or it can prevent this or it can cure this. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. So we, uh, you know, it's so funny in the United States, we just can't do anything straightforward. Um, right now with, uh, with CBD uh, from hemp, um, it's in this little, it's in a little bit of a limbo. Um, we, you know, states had the right to uh, legalize marijuana and legalize hemp as they saw fit. So uh, what we see now is there are states that have CBD uh, extract from marijuana, and that's legal in the particular state, um, and it's regulated by the state, but it is not regulated by the federal government because marijuana is illegal, so the feds don't have any parameters for an illegal substance. Now that hemp has been legalized federally, the FDA has to come up with uh, what their guidelines are. 
for CBD. And, you know, they're really kind of dragging their feet on that. There's a, um, they're doing a, a meeting in, in May. It was supposed to be this month. Um, but, uh, there's, you know, they're supposedly trying to come up with their, they're calling it, or they're referring to it as pathways to CBD being, uh, legal. So, um, you know, right now it is in, it's infused in drinks. Um, it's, you know, like I said, it's in, uh, lotions and bath bombs and all sorts of things that you can, you know, can, you can buy it online. Um, and as you know, you just can't say on there that it is a, a medication. That's really what the right. FDA has a problem with, because if you say something is a medication, it has to go through certain standards and you have to, to prove it. Um, and usually that would mean that the FDA would have to approve it and it would become um, a, a drug through through that process. All right. Let's say hi to Barbara, who's calling from Toronto. Barbara, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. You are on the line with Jen Hobbs. Go ahead. Thank you. Um I'm speaking of, I had no idea about him. <laughs> I, it's really all new to me, hearing all this tonight. Um, but what I was saying earlier was, as a child in the UK, um, I understood that sacks were made of hemp. And at bonfire night, we had what we called mill rope. And that was supposed to be hemp. And oh, yes. didn't throw a flame or anything. We just held it and held it towards the firecracker and lit it. I never knew there was so much to do with hemp. <laughs> well, and, it's back to the future, isn't it, Jen? Well, I'm, so, I'm sitting here totally amazed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and what can I get more information? Because I cannot remember everything which has been said tonight. <laughs> That's okay. Jen, a website? <laughs> yeah. There's a newsletter. There's a hemp newsletter coming out soon, I understand. I got a pencil. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, I just started one up. It's, uh, it's called AmericanHemp.substack.com, yeah. and it's a free newsletter, e-newsletter. You can sign up for it. And um, what uh, the goal is there is as even, um, you know, obviously – more and more information is going to come out uh, now that the book is published. So the point of that is to, you know, keep keep making sure that everything's accurate mm. and that uh, people that are interested in it are up to date. So um, that's going to be on AmericanHemp.substack.com. Okay. Uh, one thing which really pricked up my ears was when you mentioned arthritis. Mm. And, um, you know, I thought of people, lots of people I see that have it, and in the, in the past 30, 40 years, I don't seem to have gotten any further with it. Not pretty much, yeah. that, I should say. Yeah, yeah, it's an, it's, uh, CBD is an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So, yeah, people take it for arthritis. So, can they get that information from the doctor regarding that? Yeah, um, I have more information about it in the book, and um, you know the the, uh, the CBD oil um, it, it would be useful for that. Uh, it, it just depends again on you know what uh, what the severity is. Yeah, 
Barbara, thank you so much, and good luck with that. And let's, uh, so American Hemp, AmericanHemp.com slash, what was it, Substack? So, yeah, it's, um, so it's AmericanHemp.Substack.com. Oh, dot Substack. What is the Substack? Dot it's, com? A, it, it's, it's a hosting. Uh, it's like, it's a website that, that uh, oh, I see. Uh, e-blogs and, and newsletters, yeah. Okay, so sub, S-U-B, as in submarine, and stock, or substack, S-T-A-C-K. C-K? Yep, that's right. That's American right. Hemp Substack dot com. And uh, you can go there and you can in, and, and you can subscribe and it's a free newsletter? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to be sending out um, updated information probably on a, you know, a couple times a week just as more and more information comes out. Because um, obviously... It, the the timing of the book is great uh, for people that don't know very much about hemp and and uh, its abilities, but there's just so much more information that's developing now that it is legal, and um, I just wanted to continue continue that conversation. Well, you see, we had Barbara, perfect example. We have you know an older generation, and let's face it, for them, they they're they're dying for for some some relief, and yet. When it comes to the medical marijuana, there is a stigma attached there because they think, well, I don't want to get high. Right, right. And I completely, I completely understand it's something that can really, uh, that, that feeling, feeling high can really <laughs> kind of debilitate your day. You can feel relief, but you might not be able to do very much else. So um, that's where, you know, the CBD is really, um, I think, I mean, you know, from a personal standpoint, I prefer it over marijuana for that very reason. And um, I think a lot of people would, you know, it's something that uh, can help with so many different issues. Right. Uh, let's say hi to Kyle from my hometown, Brantford, Ontario. Hey, Kyle, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, how are you? Well, thank you. Um, my question actually is for Jen. Um, basically, uh, one of the, the, I have a neurological problem uh, called trigeminal neuralgia. It affects the right side of my face. One of the first uh, line drugs for um, treatment is uh, gabapentin, which is an anti-seizure drug. So when I was listening to the show when you were saying that um, the, uh, the oil from the hemp plant actually helps with um, epileptics, I was thinking, would this have the same effect uh, for the, not only for pain management, but for also uh, just to keep it uh, the nerve and check type thing. I mean, it's it's possible. I haven't, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't seen um, uh, any specific studies for that particular condition, but it, it's certainly possible. Um, if, I don't know if you've heard of the drug Epidolex, um, but that recently got an FDA approval, and um, it's a combination of a low dosage of THC and a higher dosage of CBD, and it's specifically for a very rare uh, seizure and epilepsy conditions. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, they literally just approved that, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's the first uh, prescription drug on the market that has CBD in it. Well, thank you for, your, uh, for the information. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Kyle. Maybe you want to sign up for that newsletter, AmericanHempSubstack.com. Okay. Yeah. It's a free American newsletter. Hemp dot, sorry. It's AmericanHemp.Substack.com. Uh, 
AmericanHempStack.com. <laughs> My apologies. Okay, yeah. we'll make sure I get that right. AmericanHemp.Substack.com. We'll give that out again before we uh, dim the lights here. All right, Jen Hobbs stays with us. American Hemp, more on the other side. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Back with more in a moment. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. And Jen Hemp, uh, Jen, Jen, Hemp, Jen Hobbs stays with us, uh, the author of American Hemp. You, do you get that a lot, Jen Hemp? Maybe that's your uh, your superhero name, Jen Hemp. Maybe. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, the and let me uh, let me give out that website again because I booted it a couple of times and I want to make sure people have it. Uh, this is where you can subscribe to the uh, the newsletter, which is coming out. It's AmericanHemp.substack.com. AmericanHemp.sub sub as in submarine sub stack s t a c k dot com. How did I do? Perfect. All right. Now, before we get, we have a mystery caller uh, we're going to get to in a moment here from uh, North Carolina who wants to remain anonymous. But I wanted to talk about uh, hemp. You had mentioned that by growing hemp, you can improve the soil. Uh, It can actually like suck the lead right out of the soil. Is that right? Right. Exactly. Uh, It's a process known as photoremediation. And, um, in, like you were saying earlier about Chernobyl, when, uh, that blast happened, um, they, there were some research teams that took hemp over there and, uh, they wanted to see what would happen because they knew that, uh, hemp had this ability to absorb toxins from the soil. And they found that it was actually able to remove radiation as well. So it takes out, uh, heavy metals like lead. And a um, whole, whole variety of different uh, types of industrial toxins that ha- are just, you know, it, they're everywhere now in our soil. I feel like right. um, there's so many in our water, maps you in our air. Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, if, um, you were, if you grow hemp and it, and it takes the impurities out of the soil, including radioactivity, <laughs> would, would the hemp plant then be radioactive? I mean, you couldn't then consume it, could you? Right, exactly. It's not, you can't use it for, um, you can't eat it. Um, there's, there are some ways, um, that researchers have found to, uh, kind of dispose of it, uh, and its, um, body mass because hemp isn't the only plant that has this ability. Um, but because of its root system, it has, uh, its roots can go down to eight feet underground so it can really take out a lot of contamination uh so it's been one of the more um one of the one of the plants that have been uh, studied more in comparison to some other ones but um yeah there there are some different ways to dispose of it um and uh from what i understand uh, there's ways to separate those contaminants out and then use the the biomass or the remainder of the plant for other purposes uh such as biofuel 
Wow. Well, let's talk about biofuel. We'll do that in a moment. Uh, let's say hi to our mystery caller from the great state of North Carolina who re- wishes to remain anonymous. So, Anonymous from North Carolina, you're on the air with Jen Hobbs. Go ahead. Thank you, Rich. Um, what was the name of that oil that you used for arthritis? It would be uh, it would be CBD oil. Um, what kind? You can actually, it's called CBD oil. Um, BBD. Find it. No, yeah. C as in Carolina, B as in Bob, D as in Detroit. CBD oil. I got osteoarthritis, so I want to get that in first. Okay, I've been smoking for 50-some years now. I enjoy it. My eye doctor says that it doesn't help glaucoma anymore. So you're smoking uh, marijuana, but it doesn't. it's not helping yeah, your glaucoma? Yeah, yeah. I went to him years ago, and I told him I was going to do it because it helped. I had a little touch of glaucoma. He said it doesn't work anymore. Is that true, Jen? What are you hearing? My, my doctor. Mm. Okay, well, let's, let's hear from I mean, Jen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, from from what I understand, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it does help uh, glaucoma, um, and uh, CBD has been known to help it as well. Um, I mean, I, I I don't. I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, so it's kind of hard for me to know. Uh, you know, your your particular condition, but um, you know, there's there's been a lot of studies uh, that have been done over the years about, about specifically about glaucoma and uh, how cannabis can help it. But you know, um, I, I mentioned uh, actually in in Jesse Ventura's marijuana manifesto, we talk about we talk about that a great deal because. Um, there was uh, there was someone that had glaucoma and uh, fought the federal government to get access to marijuana specifically for it and uh, and was able to to win that case because it was a very rare uh, condition the type well, of just, glaucoma that just, he had. I just passed it all because I saw him in 2006 and I just saw him three weeks ago for the first time since 2006 and my eyes haven't been bothering me at all. Like I said, so you feel it? So you feel it has been working for you then? Oh, it must have. So because he said it was very about the same. The discoloration in my eyes were about the same as it was wow. twelve years ago, or ever how long? Two thousand six. But I also like to ask you: Do you think that people who smoke it should be have an age limit on it? I mean, I didn't start smoking until I was 23. Mm-hmm. But I have found that kids that smoke it now, they get distracted. They get slack. They just don't want to do anything. Right. Well, um, it, I mean, scientifically, I know that your brain is uh, it's still developing through your 20s. I think it's up to 25. Your brain is still developing. Um but I know also from a medical standpoint, I mean, there are kids that um, that use it, that have to use it pretty much for, for the type of rare seizure uh, conditions that they have. Um, Charlotte Figgy was probably one of the youngest to, um, that's where the uh, Charlotte's Web strain comes from. It's, um, it's actually a mix of hemp and uh, marijuana to make the uh, particular um, oil that she that uh, helps 
her particular condition and so many other people that that uh, that have it. And I, I can't remember how young she was, but at the time uh, she was the youngest uh, medical marijuana patient in Colorado. Right, she was Colorado. just having seizures, constant seizures, dozens yeah. and dozens a day. Uh, listen, we got to take a quick time out. Anonymous from North Carolina, thank you for the call. Jen, you stay put. We'll get to more of your comments and questions right after this on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. And uh, book buyers uh, can anticipate the imminent release of American Hemp by Jen Hobbs with a foreword by Jesse Ventura. That's coming out April the 16th, but Amazon.com is taking pre-orders uh, right now and uh, some some discounts available for both the book and the uh, the Kindle version and again the newsletter uh, just coming out where you can get all the updates on this miraculous plant americanhemp.substack.com americanhemp.substack.com you mentioned biofuel earlier so hemp can be used it would it be similar to like ethanol from corn yes yes exactly and uh one of the problems that we have with corn is that um obviously it's an agricultural crop and it can only be grown on agricultural land so um farmers have to decide you know am i going to sell it for fuel or am i going to sell it for consumption and um I, I talk about that a lot in the book where most of the um, the other plants that are used for, for making biofuel, um, there's always that problem. Okay, so it's grown on agricultural land. We still need to eat and we, you know, we are wanting to uh, decrease our dependence on fossil fuels. So it's a weird catch-22. Um, and uh, as we were talking about earlier, uh, hemp can be grown pretty much anywhere um, in a lot of different types of soils. Um, and when you're using it uh, to, you know, extract toxins from the ground or, um, you know, for some other for some other purpose aside from uh, food, you can take that biomass and use it for uh, making biofuel out of it or some other uh, some other substance. So uh, there's actually starting to be a supply chain for that right now where, if you're growing um, marijuana, if you're growing uh, hemp for uh, CBD, um, for, to just extract the CBD, the rest of the plant can be then shipped off to someone else who can make plastic out of it, or um, or possibly even biofuel or some other uh, some other industry altogether. So it's pretty interesting how it's set up that way. And how does hemp oil burn, or biofuel from hemp burn? What comes out the tailpipe? Um, that I don't know. I haven't actually seen it in action, but, uh, it's, I, am I'm, I'm actually not sure what, what it looks like on the, on the other side. Um, well, I, I'm just, really I, I'm question. guessing like, it, you know, it's not going to have benzene or it's not going to have carbon monoxide, would it? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would have the same because it's not, it's not made with the same, uh, right, right. Same chemical. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, it would stand to reason it would burn much cleaner. I don't know if we'd get the same, you know, wallop that we do from 
from uh, from Petro. But uh, anyway, that's it's a uh, it's something to think about. You mentioned plastic, so we can make. Because let's face it, plastic has just become an absolute scourge. I'm not just talking about the – nothing drives me nuts first thing in the in the spring is seeing plastic bags and trees. I don't know what it is. It just I can't stand it. But that's the yeah. least of our problems. We have – you know, the oceans are just clogging with, with plastic. You can make a plastic-like substance from hemp. Is that right? Right, right, exactly. And, you know – the whole uh, the whole problem we have right now with microplastics that's a whole another problem that we're having in the ocean and how um, you know pretty much everything in our food and uh, our food chain has been eating microplastics so you know we don't really know the full extent of what what kind of damage that's going to cause so um, hemp is is an alternative um, there are companies already that make um, that are making plastic. A bioplastic, I guess you could call it, out of hemp and other natural fibers like flax. Um, and that for just about anything you can think of, plastic wrap, you know, that you use in your kitchen to put over uh, food and, you know, you put in the refrigerator. Um, there's, um, there's companies making glasses, you know, the plastic that would go around uh, your, your, your lenses, your prescription lenses. There are people that are making them out of hemp. Um, automobile manufacturers. And it's, bio, it's biodegradable, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's you can, and the way that it's made is a lot less. Um, it's a lot better for it's, it's a lot better for the environment. It's not using as many chemicals. So um, a lot of automobile manufacturers, um, BMW, uh, Toyota, even I saw Porsche recently. They're taking uh, the door paneling and everything that, you know, they use the uh, carbon fiber for, and they're using natural fibers, and that includes hemp. Um, So it's really interesting to see that they're going that way um, to, you know, keep the um, weight of the car less for, obviously, for more fuel-efficient cars, but also uh, just more of an eco-friendly approach. My God. I mean, the... the the possibilities are endless. Uh, your aunt from Texas, what did she say to you over the phone about hemp again? Oh, yeah. She called it, she just called it a, a modern snake oil because, you know, she was just, she couldn't understand how it, it's possible for all of these things to be made from one plant. <laughs> it does sound too good to be true. Right. Is there any but? Oh, yeah. Is there any but? Well, um, the uh, the one thing I guess that is kind of interesting is you know there are so many uses for it, but is for us to grow that much? I mean, we're, we we're not growing the quantity of hemp right now that we would need to to uh, to really get into all of these industries, you know. So um, while all of these things are possible, and there's some areas of the like I said, there's some you know um, corp different corporations right now that are incorporating it. Um, it's just not done yet on a, on a very large scale. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, um, you know, just, just how long that process would take. But, but if it could be grown on a large scale, what would this mean to the American economy as a whole? That's now $22 trillion, $22 trillion in debt. Yeah. Oh man. Well, well, the way I kind of look at it is, um, you know, th- think about the Internet, okay? For example, um, everyone thought it was really neat when it first came out, and there were a bunch of different uses for it, but it really 
created so many opportunities that we couldn't even possibly imagine when, you know, you first got your first home computer. Um, I mean, you think about all the different jobs that have come out of Silicon Valley and how it's, you know, part of our everyday lives now from cell phones to, you know, um, AI even, you know, and we just can't even think about life without it. So that's really what I think the full potential of it could be. I mean, there could just be so many new things created and new industries created and existing industries just redefined by it that, Absolutely. Um, I mean, we just you've, don't know. It could just Jen, you've it given could us, really be the you, new internet. You've given us so much to think about. And, and get this, hemp can be grown without pesticides and herbicides like glyphosates. Glyphosates, folks, big problem. All right, oh, yeah. uh, Jen, I'll have to have you on again. This was fantastic. Uh, American Hemp, available Thank at Amazon.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, all the best. Back next week, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and uh, Eric Mitchell from MUFON with an interesting abduction story. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. Keeping a watchful eye on the new world order. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Welcome back. And we are approaching top of the hour. We will open the phone lines, questions and comments for Jen Hobbs, author of American Hemp. How growing our newest cash crop can improve our health, clean our environment, and slow climate change. Again, with a foreword by Jesse Ventura. Now, the other thing that uh, befuddles me is why we have a number of uh, states that have uh, legalized medical marijuana. Uh, some have basically, uh, well, they have, uh, they have uh, legalized recreational marijuana. And yet, they did that before hemp was even legalized. One would think, uh, you know, governments uh, tend to be uh, very conservative. I'm talking small C conservative. They move slowly, in other words, and cautiously. You would think if they were going to legalize anything first, it would be the plant that that is not a drug. And yet that's not what happened. Why? Right, right. It, it's Again, something that just defies logic to me. Um, Colorado is actually the only state that went ahead and did both at the same time. Um, other than that, you're right. Everyone, uh, all the states have chosen to uh, differentiate it, which technically, yes, they are completely different. Um, but they go ahead and legalize, you know, what is considered uh, e- either they do it as a recreational drug or a, a medical drug. Um rather than what is now defined as an agricultural crop and a commodity in the United States. Um, so it, it is very strange. Uh, I, I agree with you 100% that um, they're, you know, they're both put up there as a Schedule One narcotic. So you would think that that would be the greatest way to do it. You know, oh, you treat these two things exactly the same? All right. Well, we're legalizing one, so why don't we just legalize the other one at the same time? And um, it, the, like I said, the only state that's actually done that simultaneously is Colorado. Uh, well, who, who ever said that 
governments and common sense have anything in common. But uh, I'm wondering, you know, we hear these horror stories, and they're true, about people that are rotting away in some prison. I was going to pick on – I love Texas, but I was going to say in some Texas prison, but, you know, uh, and I'm sure there are, for, you know, possession of some marijuana seeds – uh, you know, this was the the trillion dollar war on drugs that has filled the prisons with nonviolent drug offenders. I'm wondering, are there some? Is there someone out there in jail, given some ridiculous sentence for producing hemp or growing hemp? Do we know of? Um, I don't know anyone in particular, um, and I think you know there there are people that are. Um, that are having some issues there. There's some, uh, some farms that I mentioned in the book that, um, the DEA, uh, has gotten involved with. And I mean, at this point, all the cases are dropped because it's now really legal. Um, but there were some cases where, um, a farm wanted to, you know, they, they couldn't get the, the seeds. So they got it from another state and the seeds crossed state lines and you know the DEA was ready at the you know at the like ready to uh you know to bring bring the law down on these people for for just trying you know they have all their permits everything was you know uh approved by the state that they were in for the industrial hemp program and instead of importing the seeds they they uh tried to get it across state lines and and they got in trouble for it I mean I just during the break, I was enjoying a little sesame seed snack. Uh, I'll hold that up for the webcam. Not that uh, I'm going to get a sponsor out of it. But anyway, <laughs> imagine, you know, hemp seeds. Uh, you know, you can snack on hemp seeds. Imagine, right. you know, being busted for and getting caught with a sesame seed snack in your hip pocket. That's what we're basically talking about here, folks, except you can't make clothes and rope and, and, and use sesame for sesame seeds for fuel. As far as I know, um, you mentioned Canada and I just wanted to clarify because I'm not even a hundred percent certain about this since we, uh, legalized recreational and medical marijuana. Uh, I still think you need to apply for an industrialized hemp license. It's, I don't think anybody can grow hemp. You still have to jump through some hoops. There are so, still some regulations in Canada. Uh, yeah, so we do have a small right. hemp industry with the potential for it to grow bigger. But quite frankly, I mean, why are there any regulations? Right, right. And that that's also something, too, that I think um, a lot of the articles about uh, the Farm Bill kind of overlook is that, yes, they legalized it, but with stipulations. So you're still not in a you're never going to be in a situation where you can just go to Home Depot and you can just pick out some hemp seed and grow it in your backyard and take out toxins from your soil. You know, uh, right now in the state age, that's not a possibility. You have to apply for a permit, it costs money. It depends on, you know, what state you're in, how much money it costs. You have to go through all these different, um, you know, different uh, regulations, the, the different processes. It's uh, it's per state. So when the federal government said, yes, we're taking hemp off of the uh, narcotics list, what they did was they threw it back to the states and said, okay, you guys decide what it is that you want in your state and how you want to regulate it. Um, 
So one of the things that farmers are going to be subject to is um, they're going to have to test it. They're going to have to um, test to make sure that the THC is below 0.3%, which is something I, I believe you guys do in Canada as well. Right. Um, and, and of course uh, it will be because because and of course it will be because that's just the way the plant is, right? Right, right. I mean, it, it varies per plant. I mean, you know, um, that you're not going to get that 0.3 percent on each and every plant. Um, so there are, you know, there can be some times where there's one plant that has a little bit more THC content in it than another plant, but you know, it they're going to be low. And and one of the other reasons why too. Um, is because, uh, you know, one of the things law enforcement always says is, well, you know, what what if someone starts growing marijuana in the middle of their, you know, hemp field? How are we going to know? And that's not even a possibility because the way that the cross-pollinization works, um, it, it takes the THC out of the marijuana plant. It makes it virtually useless for that purpose, for getting high. Right, uh, right. One of the problems that we're actually seeing, especially in California, for instance, California um, is very slow to legalize hemp in general. Actually, there's some counties, uh, Sonoma County, actually, in particular, uh, just passed uh, an ordinance to say that they're not going to allow hemp to grow there until they're going to review it in 2020. Um, mm. And part of that is because, you know, marijuana in a lot of these counties is a huge um, economic driver, you know, uh, legalized recreational, and these marijuana farmers are saying, "Well, you know, that's all fine and good for hemp, but that's gonna, that can potentially ruin my business, and I'm not going to know until it's too late because you can't reverse that once that happens." Interesting. There's another provision in this farm bill that's kind of odd, and that is you can't grow hemp. Uh, if you have a, uh, a drug conviction, I think the, the time limit is 10 years from the conviction. You can murder right. somebody and grow hemp, but you can't have right. been arrested for possession of marijuana, for example. Right. It's, it's crazy. So it's only for drug-related felonies. So it's exactly what you said. Um, it's, you know, I mean, is it legal or is it not legal? Is it a drug or is it not a drug? You know, I mean, if you're going to say it's an agricultural crop... Why can't everyone grow it? You know, why do, Why does that even have to be there in 10 years after your conviction date? I mean, at what point? It's like, you know, they already did the time, whatever it was. Um, right. You know, and and what, what does one have to do with the other? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Listen, exactly. We're, uh, we're coming up at the top of the hour here. We'll uh, continue on, open up the phone lines, and we'll, we'll go through all of the many, many benefits of hemp from the environment to health to fuel to shelter and so on and so on. It goes. American Hemp with Jen Hobbs stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. Phone, phone calls are next. Stay with us. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. All right, I was just pouring myself a cuppa. Cuppa tea. I've been watching too much Call the Midwife. Now it's, I'll have a cuppa. Uh, Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. And I am coming to you live from my little studio beneath the stairs. 
just north of Toronto. Hello to everyone listening in on our flagship station, AM 740, 96.7 FM, Zoomer Radio. Heard from Maine to Minnesota and south to the Carolinas. And how do, how do to all of those of you hearing us on one of our affiliate stations across North America. Uh, those listening on the Zoomer Radio and Conspiracy Show apps. Uh, those of you streaming us online at zoomerradio.ca. And those listening and watching on our YouTube channel, Strange Planet. And finally, those joining us in the live YouTube chat. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, Jen Hobbs is with us, the author of American Hemp. She's been a publicity consultant for the greater part of her career. She's worked behind the scenes with Jesse Ventura since 2007 and shares his enthusiasm for searching for the truth no matter where it leads. In 2016, she co-authored Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto, which inspired this book, American Hemp, How Growing Our Newest Cash Crop Can Improve Our Health, Clean Our Environment, and Slow Climate Change. Now, we are going to open up the phone lines this hour. Questions and comments for Jen Hobbs, 416-360-0740 in the greater Toronto area, 416-360-0740. And toll free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740, just a reminder, hey, have you checked out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, yet? Brand new episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And to listen and subscribe, it's real simple. Just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. All right, uh, back to our uh, conversation about this uh, miraculous plant, hemp. Um, let's talk a little bit about the history of hemp. Uh, prior to it being uh, banned in 1937, I mean, people are people that are hemp enthusiasts uh, are fond of talking about George Washington and how enamored he was of hemp. Talk to me about George Washington and hemp. Sure. So um, he grew it. All of our founding fathers, um, you know, were in some some way, shape, or form grew it or were associated with it. Um, you know, the, the 13 colonies were really founded on hemp. It was an ec- economic backbone at the time because, um, you know, the, the British needed it for their Navy. They needed it for sails and for rope and for uniforms. And one of the reasons why they started colonizing all these different areas of the world is because they were looking for more land so they can grow hemp and not have to pay for it. Um, and, you know, obviously... With uh, with how countries were at the time, um, you know, between uh, relations between England and France or England and Russia, you know, if you got into war with a with a country where your supply chain came from for hemp, you know, that could be a big problem. So, um, you know, the thirteen colonies, you could pay your taxes in hemp. Um, George Washington grew it. He had five different farms. He grew it at all of his farms, and he wrote about it in his uh, in his journals. You know, um, just to keep track of when he uh, when he would harvest it from year to year. Um, and 
you know, we, we have all of this information, um, you know, dating back to before the United States was even founded about how valuable it was to, uh, to our country. Now, I, I don't know about the Bill of Rights or the Declaration of Independence, but a number of important historical documents are written on parchment made from hemp, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So it's, you know, it's just been a part of our country, you know, uh, since literally its its foundation. It's, it's, it's on, built on hemp. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's talk uh, finally about some of the, uh, the, the the miraculous uh, qualities of this plant. First of all, let's talk about hemp nutrition, and it is considered a superfood. Why? Yes, it definitely is. Um, so hemp is when you when you get the the seeds, um, uh, they're filled with all sorts of different vitamins and nutrients. Um, they have uh, vitamin E in it, iron, copper, magnesium, zinc, potassium, um, and protein. Um, it's actually, hemp protein is actually considered a complete protein because it offers every single amino acid the human body needs to survive. So um, if you're looking for, you know, if, for instance, my daughter, um, she's not really big on eating meat. So uh, what I do to make sure that she's getting enough protein and um, enough vitamins and nutrients, I actually, uh, I'll make her hemp smoothies and it really doesn't, you know, doesn't take that much to get the, um, the, the right nutritional value. So, you know, we'll take a bunch of fruit and put it in there and then you only need about three tablespoons of hemp to get the same nutritional value as you would in, in a meal. Um, it also has omega-3, it has omega-6, um, you know, it's, it just has so many different amazing things uh, that our bodies, you know, rely upon. And, and what part of the hemp plant is edible? So, um, you know, some people actually eat the leaves. Um, that's becoming... I don't know if it's going to be a fad or not, but um, there are some farms that are offering edible uh, hemp leaf salad mixes. Um, so you might see that now that hemp has been legalized. You might see that in the uh, the grocery store at some point. Um, but typically uh, what, uh, what people do is they take the seeds and they make all different things out of it. You can make um, like hemp, you can make hemp milk. You can make um, hemp pasta. You can make um, a hemp uh, oil that's similar to like a uh, sunflower oil or olive oil for cooking. Um, and, you know, they all have those uh, vitamins and nutrients in it. So, um, you know, it, you can make um, hemp butter even. My word. Hemp milk mm -hmm. and hemp butter. Uh, have you tried the hemp milk? You know, I have. I have. Um, it's it's not too difficult to make it. We actually have a recipe for it in Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto. We have a uh, cooking with cannabis chapter, and we included some recipes in there. Um, and the hemp milk is one of them, as well as a, a hemp sorbet. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> hemp sorbet, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, you can really put it in anything, you know? <laughs> Now, you mentioned that in the 2014 Farm Bill, they passed uh, kind of a research, it was the research phase of hemp. During that time, were there any sort of peer-reviewed scientific studies 
on the nutritional benefits of hemp, the ones that you've just cited? Well, we do have um, a lot of, I do, I do list a lot of uh, different studies in the book. Um, the, the hemp pilot program uh, mostly focused on other um, aspects of it, but um, I do list a whole, a whole bunch of, um, of studies, including studies that include livestock. So what we found is when, um, what we researchers found was when um, uh, different, um, like for instance, if a hen ate a, um, a meal uh, for several weeks consistent with, um, with hemp, um, their egg content, the omega-3 content in their egg yolks would actually increase. Um, so that's really interesting to see how even if, you know, we fed it to our livestock, our livestock and uh, would become healthier, meaning that the eggs that we would buy in, in the store would be even, you know, more nutritious for us. Um, and then there are a lot of different studies focusing on um, the different ways that, that hemp can help uh, just balance your diet. You know, mm. um, I mean, we know it has all of these great um, uh, nutritional content that has great nutritional content in there. So, um, you know, the uh, for instance, um, the protein, this specific type of protein that's in hemp, uh, it's known to help lower the risk of heart disease, type two diabetes. Um, it helps to the fiber in hemp um, actually helps to regulate uh, blood glucose. Um, and, uh, it also, if you, if you just take one serving of the hemp protein, it satisfies, uh, 50% of our daily recommended fiber serving and, My you know, fiber is really My good word. Us, yeah. And, and you write in the book that it's, it's even better than taking a lot of vitamin supplements. Explain. Yes. So, um, one thing that I did in the book is, you know, some people, I, uh, might not know anything about hemp. Other people might know just about everything you can think of about hemp. So I try to weave in um, some more, uh, you know, comparisons between, okay, so, yeah, I get all of this from my vitamin supplement. I don't need hemp. Well, well, maybe maybe you do because um, there have actually been a lot of studies that show the uh, multivitamin industry, including um, vitamin industry, isn't all it's cracked up to be. You know, this is a, um, the, uh, the National Institute of Health has spent over, uh, $2.4 billion studying the effects of vitamins and supplements. And, uh, what they reported was that they don't have any real benefit, which is crazy because it's such a big part of our culture. And, um, you know, that what they found was that you can just eat healthy foods, get a healthy diet, and that does much better for you than a multivitamin ever could because a lot of these multivitamins, you know, they don't have, um, it just doesn't work the way that uh, they're advertised to work. Right, right. Here's my, my concern, and then I'm going to take a, a call. Uh, that once it becomes sort of federally approved and it's grown and then big farms will start growing it, big industrial farms, and then they'll genetically modify it and we'll have GMO hemp. What do you think? Are you concerned about that, Jen? I mean, anything's a possibility. Um, you know, I, I would hate to see something like that happen because, you know, obviously kind of takes out all of the, uh, 
all the benefits of the plant. But right now, um, we're actually in an interesting situation because there aren't any, um, there aren't even any pesticides approved by the federal government for hemp. Right now, it's being grown pretty much organically. Um, for the states that have industrial hemp pilot programs um, and the parameters that they put in place for um, for pesticide use, they're all what are known as uh, bio pesticides. So um, natural substances are are put on on hemp if you need it um, to you know help it uh, to either help with uh, weed control or, or insects or something of that nature. But the plant itself. Um, just grows without any problems. It doesn't need a, a lot of irrigation, and it. And um, you know, one of the reasons that GMO plants came to be was to help the plants grow better and stronger, supposedly, um, and to and, absorb uh, the the Roundup weed uh, herbicide. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And hemp doesn't need really any help to grow either. It's just uh, the crop just. It just, you know, it's there's, it's called a weed for a reason. <laughs> oh, my um, Lord. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's say hi to Joe from Joe is checking in from Philadelphia. Joe, good evening. Good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Yeah. yeah good morning. I want to know, is it any good for glaucoma and does it have a negative effect on your brain? What was the first part of the question, Joe? Is, is it good for glaucoma and does ah. it have a negative effect on your brain? Good questions. So could you could you smoke it? Uh, can it can it help glaucoma? So um, if you're if you're going with the CBD flower, um, it won't have it won't give you that high feeling. Um, it it doesn't have enough THC in it to do that. Um, so you know if if you're looking to take it for a medical purpose, you're not going to get the same effects as if you're if you're taking marijuana. Um, you can smoke it, and you're not going to feel any effect uh, like you do with marijuana. But it, what it does is it um, it usually alleviates the problem. So I honestly I haven't um, seen very many studies that focus on CBD specifically for glaucoma. Um, but what it what the uh, what the CBD does is it um, interacts with our endocannabinoid system. And that's why it's able to work with so many different parts of our body um, and really kind of even us out and create homeostasis in our body. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. That's, you. that's the other part that, that knocks me out, that we have an endocannabinoid system. In other words, we have evolved so that our cells have cannabinoid receptors, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's um, it's really wild <laughs> that um, our body is just it, it's supposed to react, and it and uh, it's almost like this plant is there specifically to help us, and you know naturally, um, it's like we try and reinvent the wheel. We try and come up with all these different pharmaceutical drugs to help this, that, and the other thing, and they have all these side effects. And meanwhile, CBD doesn't have any side effects. Now they have found that that people that have stress and anxiety, even depression, uh, they can they can have benefit from the CBD without the THC. So doesn't that suggest that it does that it is somewhat psychoactive if it can alleviate d 
depression, it's doing something in the brain. So that would suggest it is somewhat psychoactive, right? So what the endocannabinoid system, um, it's that particular system in our bodies, um, it, it, it's involved with our, our cognitive functions, our mood. Um, so, yes, definitely um, it's like uh, the way that it works with our receptor when it bonds to our receptor, it, it, it kind of like, I guess you could say, fixes the abnormality or helps. Um, in that way. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely been studies that show that it helps even people that are, you know, extremely, um, they suffer from uh, social anxiety, you know, for, um, they've done a study to see how they feel giving a presentation in front of a large group. And those that took the CBD uh, felt much more confident and were able to, to, uh, to give the speech versus those that didn't. So, um, you know, it's, it's really fascinating the way that it works, um, and you don't get that, uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it, the high feeling, the euphoric yeah. feeling that you do from marijuana. Right. And um, CBDs, is it taken as an, as an oil? Is it taken as, a, as a, a powder? Do you sprinkle it on your cornflakes? How do you how do, you, uh, do it? Well, um, a lot of people take... CBD oil. Um, it's definitely an easy way to administer it. It's usually just a couple of drops and people use it for epilepsy. Um, and you know, like just so many different, different uses. Um, you can also smoke it now that CBD flour is, is legal. Um, you know, that's, that's another option as well, but those are usually the two, the two main ways that people take it. All right, let's grab another call. Bill is checking in from Oshawa, the motor city north of the border, Oshawa. Hey, Bill, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm very well, Richard. Good morning to you and to your guest. Thank you. Go ahead. I have a question for you, Richard, as well as to your guest. First, Richard, what is the status of hemp production for farmers here in Canada, given the recent passage of both Bill C-75 and 76? Is it a controlled substance or is it freely grown? Well, my understanding, and Jen, you can uh, add to this if you, if you can, but I, my understanding is even though marijuana is now legal, uh, hemp is still somewhat more regulated in that you can grow it, but you have to apply for an industrial license, an industrial hemp license. Uh, and but, and I'm not sure what that entails, what the regulations are, but not anyone can grow it. But that's also the situation down in the United States where they've just passed this farm bill legalizing hemp. As as Jen Hobbs pointed out, you can't go uh, to the Home Depot and buy yourself uh, a, a sack of uh, hemp seeds and start, you know, put yourself in business. There are still some hoops to go through, but uh it is legal, but you have to have a license. Right. As your, as right. Your guest, and, and uh, Richard, may down. I ask, is uh, hemp seed more easily digestible if it's ground up as opposed to uh, having the seed whole when you're baking items? Well, um, they do actually make a hemp flour for baking, um, not like a CBD flour, a hemp flour. Uh, it doesn't have CBD in it. It's, um, it's like a ground-up version, pretty much what you're describing, of hemp seed. Um, so that does exist for, for baking purposes. Um, and they also have hemp 
protein, um, and that's, uh, you know, it's very, it's a very fine, almost like a flour substance as well for, um, you know, protein shakes and that sort of thing. So um, they, there's a bunch of different options, um, especially now that it's, you know, more and more accepted um, in, uh, in the health food aisle. If you go to your local grocery store, you should, uh, you should probably see a couple of different varieties of it there. Thanks for the call, Bill. So even uh, even parts of the plant or products from the plant that don't contain CBD, do they still have medicinal uh, medicinal qualities or is it simply nutritional minus the CBD? Right. So when you don't have CBD, it's it's looked at as a purely nutritional um, substance. So actually the plants, uh, there's a couple different varieties of hemp. Um, so depending on what you're growing it for, if you're growing it for food, if you're growing it for fiber, for, uh, making plastic or, um, clothing or paper, um, or any other industrial purpose, or if you're growing it specifically for CBD, you're going to use a different uh, variety for that purpose. So if you're a farmer and you're doing it for nutritional value, you're not going to, you know, turn around and, and use that same strain for CBD. Got it. All right. Another quick timeout. Come back and more questions and comments for Jen Hobbs, American Hemp, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Lips sink ships, and sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. At Infinity Downtown, we make it easy to get into a great new vehicle. This is Dimitri Pressman, General Manager at Infinity Downtown. And we make it easy to test drive. We'll come to you with the Infinity you want. Right to your Toronto home or office. And easy to own. For service, we'll pick up your car, service, wash, and return it right to your Toronto home or office. See infinitydowntown.ca for details. Or email us at concierge at infinitydowntown.ca. Part of the Downtown Auto Group. You are what drives us. Relief is out there if you know where to look. Directing your attention to well.ca slash carp. For a limited time, CARP members save 10% on specially selected products designed to keep you feeling your best. Browse well.ca slash CARP for products to help you regrow hair, support memory, and even get a good night's sleep. CARP Picks. Order online, from home, and get 10% off. Conditions apply. Visit well.ca slash CARP and have wellness delivered. Another reno story from Royal Home Improvements. We're taking back the basement and that's final. But, but mom! No buts. I've been waiting 30 years for a home office. And a wine cellar. Apologize to your mother. Sorry. We're doing this for us because you don't live here anymore. Your father's right. Now go home and let us build our guest suite. We're planning our own sleepover. Your basement can be whatever you want it to be. And Royal Home Improvements can help you transform it. More than just bathrooms, more than just kitchens. Royal Home Improvements is your We Handle Everything renovator. 
Why hire different companies for different jobs? Use Royal Home Improvements to renovate every room for consistency and style. And for seniors, you never pay tax. I'm Paul Napolitano of Royal Home Improvements. It's our 50th anniversary. Contact us for a free estimate and you'll get our 50 years of renovation experience. Call today, 416-236-4400 or visit royalhomeimprovements.ca. Codes, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's two more numbers 416 360 0740 or toll free at 1 866 740 4740. Welcome back. We're here with Jen Hobbs, author of American Hemp, with a foreword by Jesse Ventura. The book will be available. Well, it'll launch. On April the 16th, so just uh, about a week away. However, uh, Amazon is accepting pre-orders, and I think there are some discounts there on the pre-order, including the Kindle uh, version. So much to discuss here. So many aspects of this miraculous plant, and we have people waiting on the on the uh, the phone phones to talk to as well. But I just wanted to finish up with sort of the medicinal uh, qualities of hemp, and then talk about the environment as well. Wait till you hear what they're doing in, within Chernobyl with hemp but uh can the oil be used as a topical and if so what is it good for yes uh cbd oil uh can be used as a as a topical uh medication as well um that's something that people can use for sore muscles um for you know if you have arthritis some people can use it for that um and uh i've seen you know i've seen it put into bath bombs um and other bath products um and uh it's you know it's it's very versatile uh it just depends on you know how much of it you need for your specific condition so that that might be a little trial and error as far as you know um if if the content is going to be enough for your symptoms and and is it still awaiting FDA approval in order for a package of hemp oil to say hemp oil will will can can alleviate this or it can help with this or it can prevent this or it can cure this? Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. So we, uh, you know, it's so funny in the United States we just can't do anything straightforward. Um, right now with the with CBD uh, from hemp, um, it's in this little. It's in a little bit of a limbo. Um, we, you know, states had the right to uh, legalize marijuana and legalize hemp as they saw fit. So uh, what we see now is there are states that have CBD uh, extract from marijuana, and that's legal in the particular state, um, and it's regulated by the state, but it is not regulated by the federal government because marijuana is illegal, so the feds don't have any parameters for an illegal substance. Now that hemp has been legalized federally, the FDA has to come up with uh, what their guidelines are for CBD. And, you know, they're really kind of dragging their feet on that. There's a, um, 
they're doing a, a meeting in, in May. It was supposed to be this month. Um, but, uh, there's, you know, they're supposedly trying to come up with their, they're calling it, or they're referring to it as pathways to CBD being, uh, legal. So, um, you know, right now it is in, it's infused in drinks. Um, it's, you know, like I said, it's in, uh, lotions and bath bombs and all sorts of things that you can, you know, can, you can buy it online. Um, and as you know, you just can't say on there that it is a, a medication. That's really what the right. FDA has a problem with, because if you say something is a medication, it has to go through certain standards and you have to, to prove it. Um, and usually that would mean that the FDA would have to approve it and it would become um, a, a drug through, through that process. All right. Let's say hi to Barbara, who's calling from Toronto. Barbara, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. You are on the line with Jen Hobbs. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I, I'm speaking of, I, I had no idea about him. <laughs> I, it's really all new to me, hearing all this tonight. Um, but what I was saying earlier was, as a child in the U.K., um, I understood that sacks were made of hemp. And at bonfire night, we had what we called mill rope, and that was supposed to be hemp. And oh, it yes. didn't blow a flame or anything. We just held it and held it towards the firecracker and lit it. I never knew there was so much to do with hemp. <laughs> well, it's back to the future, isn't it, Jen? Wow. I'm, so, I'm sitting here totally amazed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and what can I get more information? Because I cannot remember everything which has been said tonight. <laughs> That's okay. Jen, a website? Yeah. There's a newsletter. There's a hemp newsletter coming out soon, I understand. Oh, I got a pencil. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I just started one up. It's, uh, it's called American Hemp. Dot substack.com oh, yeah? and it's a free newsletter e-newsletter you can sign up for it and um, what uh, the goal is there is as even um, you know obviously more and more information is going to come out uh, now that the book is published so the point of that is to you know keep keep making sure that everything's accurate mm. and that uh, people that are interested in it are up to date. So that's um, going to be on AmericanHemp.Substack.com. Okay. Uh, one thing which really picked up my ears was when you mentioned arthritis, mm. and um, you know I thought of people, lots of people I see that have it. And in the, in the past 30, 40 years, I don't seem to have gotten any further with it. Not pretty much, yeah. that, I should say. Yeah, yeah. It's an it's uh, CBD is an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So yeah, people take it for arthritis. So can they get that information from the doctor regarding that? Yeah, um, I have more information about it in the book, and um, you know that. The uh, the CBD oil um, it, it would be useful for that. Uh, it, it just depends again on you know what uh, what the severity is. Yeah, Barbara, thank you so much, and good luck with that. What now let's that? Uh, so American hemp, American hemp 
com slash what was it substack so yeah it's um so it's american hemp dot substack dot com oh dot substack what is the substack dot it's com? a it, it's it's a hosting uh it's like it's a website that that uh oh i see uh e-blogs and, and newsletters yeah okay so sub s-u-b as in submarine and stock or substack s-t-a-c-k CK. That's right. right. com, And uh, you can go there and you can, and, and you can subscribe and it's a free newsletter. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be sending out um, updated information probably on a, you know, a couple times a week, just as more and more information comes out. Um, It's obviously the the timing of the book is great uh, for people that don't know very much about hemp and, and uh, its abilities, but there's just so much more information that's developing now that it is legal, and um, I just wanted to continue continue that conversation. Well, you see, we had Barbara, perfect example. We have you know an older generation, and let's face it, for them, they they're they're dying for for some some relief, and yet. When it comes to the medical marijuana, there is a stigma attached there because they think, well, I don't want to get high. Right, right. And I completely, I completely understand it's something that can really, uh, that, that feeling, feeling high can really <laughs> kind of debilitate your day. You can feel relief, but you might not be able to do very much else. So um, that's where, you know, the CBD is really, um, I think, I mean, you know, from a personal standpoint, I prefer it over marijuana for that very reason. And um, I think a lot of people would, you know, it's something that uh, can help with so many different issues. Right. Uh, let's say hi to Kyle from my hometown, Brantford, Ontario. Hey, Kyle, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, how are you? Well, thank you. Um, my question actually is for Jen. Um, basically, uh, one of the, the, I have a neurological problem uh, called trigeminal neuralgia. It affects the right side of my face. One of the first uh, line drugs for um, treatment is uh, gabapentin, which is an anti-seizure drug. So when I was listening to the show when you were saying that um, the, uh, the oil from the hemp plant actually helps with um, epileptics, I was thinking, would this have the same effect uh, for the, not only for pain management, but for also uh, just to keep it uh, the nerve and check type thing. I mean, it's it's possible. I haven't, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't seen um, uh, any specific studies for that particular condition, but it, it's certainly possible. Um, if, I don't know if you've heard of the drug Epidolex, um, but that recently got an FDA approval, and um, it's a combination of a low dosage of THC and a higher dosage of CBD, and it's specifically for a very rare uh, seizure and epilepsy conditions. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, they literally just approved that, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's the first uh, prescription drug on the market that has CBD in it. Well, thank you for, your, uh, for the information. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Kyle. Maybe you want to sign up for that newsletter, AmericanHempSubstack.com. Okay. Yeah. It's a free American newsletter. Sorry. It's AmericanHempSubstack.com. Uh, <laughs> My apologies. Okay. Yeah. We'll make sure I get that right. com. We'll give that out again 
before we uh, dim the lights here. All right, Jen Hobbs stays with us. American Hemp, more on the other side. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Back with more in a moment. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. I'm Marilyn Weston, and I give it to you straight from a woman's perspective here on Zoomer Radio every Saturday morning at 8. This Saturday, my team will share their knowledge and passions and happy stories so you can learn what works best for you and make informed decisions and take action with no regrets. So plan to tune in and join me, Marilyn Weston, and my team and get it straight from a woman's perspective this Saturday morning at 8 exclusively here on Zoomer Radio. Hi, I'm Cherry Tab, co-founder of the Herzig Eye Institute. Are you frustrated by your vision? Let us help you. Our surgeons are experts in 14 different vision correction procedures. I'm particularly excited about next-generation vision correction known as SMILE. Super advanced new technology, remarkable results. I'll explain for you on our website. Google high-definition vision. Learn about Herzig. Call us for a consultation. There's no charge. Look after yourself. Promise me. Here come Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Friday and Saturday, May 10th and 11th, Casino Rama Resort. 19 top 10 hits with Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.ca. Must be 19 years or older. Don't miss Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Casino Rama Resort. Explore the great indoors. If you've never been spoiled while appliance shopping, then you've never been to a Tasco. Our customers get spoiled in all the right ways. Spoiled with expert advice, spoiled with valuable offers, and best of all, spoiled for choice. Tasco has an appliance selection wide enough to please the most discerning shoppers. Drop by and we'll even spoil you with an espresso. Give us a look at tascoappliance.ca, then visit a showroom to get spoiled. views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back and Jen Hemp, uh, Jen, Jen Hemp, Jen Hobbs stays with us, uh, the author of American Hemp. You, do you get that a lot, Jen Hemp? Maybe that's your uh, your superhero name, Jen Hemp. Maybe. <laughs> Alter ego. Um, 
<laughs> yes. Uh, the and let me uh, let me give out that website again because I booted it a couple of times and I want to make sure people have it. Uh, this is where you can subscribe to the uh, the newsletter which is coming out. It's American Hemp dot Substack dot com. American Hemp dot Sub S U B as in submarine S U B Stack S T A C K dot com. How did I do? Perfect. All right. Now, before we get, we have a mystery caller uh, we're going to get to in a moment here from uh, North Carolina who wants to remain anonymous. But I wanted to talk about uh, hemp. You had mentioned that by growing hemp, you can improve the soil. Uh, It can actually, like, suck the lead right out of the soil. Is that right? Right. Exactly. Uh, It's a process known as photoremediation. And um, in, like you were saying earlier about Chernobyl, when uh, that blast happened, um, they, there were some research teams that took hemp over there and uh, they wanted to see what would happen because they knew that uh, hemp had this ability to absorb toxins from the soil. And they found that it was actually able to remove radiation as well. So it takes out uh, heavy metals like lead, and a um, whole, whole variety of different uh, types of industrial toxins that ha- are just, you know, it, they're everywhere now in our soil. I feel like right. um, there's so many in our water, maps you in our air. Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, if, uh, you were, if you grow hemp and it, and it takes the impurities out of the soil, including radioactivity, <laughs> would, would the hemp plant then be radioactive? I mean, you couldn't then consume it, could you? Right, exactly. It's not, you can't use it for, um, you can't eat it. Um, there's, there are some ways, um, that researchers have found to, uh, kind of dispose of it, uh, and its, um, body mass because hemp isn't the only plant that has this ability. Um, but because of its root system, it has, uh, its roots can go down to eight feet underground so it can really take out a lot of contamination uh so it's been one of the more um one of the one of the plants that have been uh, studied more in comparison to some other ones but um yeah there there are some different ways to dispose of it um and uh from what i understand uh, there's ways to separate those contaminants out and then use the the biomass or the remainder of the plant for other purposes uh such as biofuel Wow. Well, let's talk about biofuel. We'll do that in a moment. Uh, let's say hi to our mystery caller from the great state of North Carolina who ris- wishes to remain anonymous. So, Anonymous from North Carolina, you're on the air with Jen Hobbs. Go ahead. Thank you, Rich. Um, what was the name of that oil that you used for oil. arthritis? It would, be, uh, it would be CBD oil. Um, what kind? You can actually... It's called CBD oil. Um, BVD? Find it, no, yeah. C as in Carolina, B as in Bob, D as in Detroit. CBD oil. Oil. I got osteoarthritis, so I want to get that in first. Okay, I've been smoking for 50-some years now. I enjoy it. My eye doctor says that it doesn't help glaucoma anymore. 
So you're smoking marijuana, but it doesn't. It's not helping yeah, your glaucoma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to him years ago, and I told him I was going to do it because it helped. I had a little touch of glaucoma. He said it doesn't work anymore. Is that true, well, Jen? What are you hearing? I, my doctor. Mm. Okay, well, let's, let's hear from I mean, Jen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, from from what I understand, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it does help uh, glaucoma. Um, and uh, CBD has been known to help it as well. Um, I mean, I, I I don't. I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, so it's kind of hard for me to know. Uh, you know your your particular condition, but um, you know there's there's been a lot of studies uh, that have been done over the years about specifically about glaucoma and uh, how cannabis can help it. But you know. Um, I mentioned uh, actually in in Jesse Ventura's marijuana manifesto, we talk about we talk about that a great deal because um, there was uh, there was someone that had glaucoma and uh, fought the federal government to get access to marijuana specifically for it and uh, and was able to to win that case because it was a very rare uh, condition the type well, of glaucoma just, that just, he had. I just passed it all because I saw him in 2006, and I just saw him three weeks ago for the first time since 2006. And my eyes haven't been bothering me at all. Like I said, I've so you feel it. So you feel it has before. been working for you then? Oh, it must have. So because he said it was very about the same. The discoloration in my eyes were about the same as it was well. 12 years ago, or ever how long? 2006. But I also like to ask you: Do you think that people who smoke it should be have an age limit on it? I mean, I didn't start smoking until I was twenty-three. Mm-hmm. But I have found that kids that smoke it now they get distracted, they get slack, they just don't want to do anything. Right. Well, um, it. I mean, scientifically, I know that your brain is uh, it's still developing through your 20s. I think it's up to 25, your brain is still developing. Um, but I know also from a medical standpoint, I mean, there are kids that um, that use it, that have to use it pretty much for, for the type of rare seizure uh, conditions that they have. Um, Charlotte Figgy was probably one of the youngest to, um, that's where the uh, Charlotte's Web Strain comes from it's um, it's actually a mix of hemp and uh, marijuana to make the uh, particular um, oil that she that uh, helps her particular condition and so many other people that that uh, that have it. And I, I can't remember how young she was, but at the time uh, she was the youngest uh, medical marijuana patient in Right, she was Colorado. just having seizures, constant seizures, dozens yeah. and dozens a day. Uh, listen, we've got to take a quick time out. Anonymous from North Carolina, thank you for the call. Jen, you stay put. We'll get to more of your comments and questions right after this on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. 
Previously on Dave's Corner Garage. Unbelievable. I mean, some of these potholes are so big. How big are they? I saw a guy back a boat up. <laughs> yeah, I saw one last week. It was marked deep end and shallow end, actually. <laughs> They're here every Saturday. Be sure and try the veal. On the next Dave's Corner Garage, bust out of your lease with help from Jim Matthews of Lease Busters, our in-studio guest this Saturday morning at 10 on Zoomer Radio and online at davescornergarage.com. I see 80 on the horizon, and I don't give a sh- I'm going to work forever. That's how one Zoomer magazine reader describes life empowered. And with every issue, Zoomer celebrates that life, like the May issue with Hazel McCallion on the cover on newsstands now. 80 on the horizon? How about being the mayor of Mississauga at 93 and still going strong today at age 98? Canada's oldest cover girl, only in Zoomer magazine. Life empowered. I guess the thing is, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? As you get older, does anyone ask you what you want to be anymore? Have you thought about what your future holds? Is it filled with excitement and wonder? Is it quiet and dignified? Will you continue to learn and discover the world? Or share the things you know with the people you love? The truth is, the future's unwritten, and the choice is still yours. Start by talking to your doctor about Prolia, or visit proliafuture.com for more. My business isn't small. It's more small-gantic. Or small-normous. With the new BMO Rewards Business MasterCard, you'll earn rewards points on all the purchases your small gantuan. business makes. Plus, get 35,000 welcome points and pay no annual fee for your first year. To apply or see the new small business credit cards, visit BMO.com slash your biz. It's small Mendes. When a bank sees your business's potential, not just its size, that's the BMO effect. BMO, we're here to help. Terms and conditions apply. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. And uh, book buyers uh, can anticipate the imminent release of American Hemp by Jen Hobbs with a foreword by Jesse Ventura. That's coming out April the 16th, but Amazon.com is taking pre-orders uh, right now and uh, some some discounts available for both the book and the uh, the Kindle version. And again, the newsletter uh, just coming out where you can get all the updates on this miraculous plant, AmericanHemp.substack.com. AmericanHemp.substack.com substack.com you mentioned biofuel earlier so hemp can be used it would it be similar to like ethanol from corn yes yes exactly and uh one of the problems that we have with corn is that um obviously it's an agricultural crop and it can only be grown on agricultural land so um, farmers have to decide, you know, am I going to sell it for fuel or am I going to sell it for consumption? And um, I, I talk about that a lot in the book where most of the um, the other plants that are used for, for making biofuel, um, there's always that problem. Okay, so it's grown on agricultural land. We still need to eat and we, you know, we 
are wanting to uh, decrease our dependence on fossil fuels. So it's a weird catch-22. Um, and uh, as we were talking about earlier, uh, hemp can be grown pretty much anywhere um, in a lot of different types of soils. Um, and when you're using it uh, to, you know, extract toxins from the ground or, um, you know, for some other for some other purpose aside from uh, food, you can take that biomass and use it for uh, making biofuel out of it or some other uh, some other substance. So uh, there's actually starting to be a supply chain for that right now, where if you're growing um, marijuana, if you're growing uh, hemp for uh, CBD. Um, or to just extract the CBD, the rest of the plant can be then shipped off to someone else who can make plastic out of it, or um, or possibly even biofuel or some other uh, some other industry altogether. So it's pretty interesting how it's set up that way. And how does hemp oil burn or biofuel from hemp burn? What comes out the tailpipe? Um, that I don't know. I haven't actually seen it in action, but. Uh, it's. I, I'm. I'm actually not sure what what it looks like on the on the other side. Um, well, I, I'm just. Really I, I'm question. guessing like it, you know, it's not going to have benzene or it's not going to have carbon monoxide, would it? Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it would have the same because it's not. It's not made with the same. Uh, right. Right. Same chemical. Yeah. Wait. Well, yeah. It stand to reason it would burn much cleaner. I don't know if we'd get the same, you know, wallop that we do from from uh from petrol but uh, anyway that's it's a uh, it's something to think about you mentioned plastic mm-hmm. so we can make because let's face it plastic has just become an absolute scourge i'm not just talking about the nothing drives me nuts first thing in the in the spring is seeing plastic bags and trees i don't know what it is it just i can't stand it but that's the yeah. least of our problems we have you know the oceans are just clogging with with plastic you can make a plastic like substance from hemp is that right Right, right, exactly, and you know the whole uh, the whole problem we have right now with microplastics. That's a whole another problem that we're having in the ocean, and how um, you know pretty much everything in our food uh, in our food chain has been eating microplastics. So you know we don't really know the full extent of what what kind of damage that's going to cause. So um, hemp is is an alternative. Um, there are companies already that make um, that are making plastic, a uh, bioplastic, I guess you could call it out of hemp and other natural fibers like flax. Um, and that for just about anything you can think of plastic wrap, you know, that you use in your kitchen to put over, uh, food and, you know, you put in the refrigerator. Um, there's, um, there's companies making glasses, you know, the plastic that would go around, uh, your, your, your lenses, your prescription lenses. There are people that are making them out of hemp. Um, automobile manufacturers. And it's, bio, it's biodegradable, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's you can, and the way that it's made is a lot less. Um, it's a lot better for it's, it's a lot better for the environment. It's not using as many chemicals. So um, a lot of automobile manufacturers, um, BMW, uh, Toyota, even I saw Porsche recently. They're taking uh, the door paneling and everything that, you know, they use the uh, carbon fiber for, and right. they're using natural fibers, and that includes hemp. Um, so it's really interesting to see that they're going that way 
um, to, you know, keep the um, weight of the car less for obviously for more fuel efficient cars, but also uh, just as more of an eco-friendly approach. My God, I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless. Uh, your aunt from Texas, what did she say to you over the phone about AMP again? Oh, yeah. She called it, she just called it a, a modern snake oil because, you know, she was just, she couldn't understand how it, it's possible for all of these things to be made from one plant. <laughs> it does sound too good to be true. Right. Is there any but? Oh, yeah. Is there any but? Well, um, the, uh, the one thing I guess that is kind of interesting is, you know, there are so many uses for it, but if for us to grow that much, I mean, we're, we, we're not growing the quantity of hemp right now that we would need to, to, uh, to really get into all of these industries, you know? So, um, while all of these things are possible and there's some areas of the, like I said, there's some, you know, um, corp- different corporations right now that are incorporating it. Um, it's just not done yet on a, on a very large scale. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, um, you know, just, just how long that process would take. But, but if it could be grown on a large scale, what would this mean to the American economy as a whole? That's now $22 trillion, $22 trillion in debt. Yeah. Oh man. Well, well, the way I kind of look at it is, um, you know, th- think about the Internet, okay? For example, um, everyone thought it was really neat when it first came out, and there were a bunch of different uses for it, but it really created so many opportunities that we couldn't even possibly imagine when, you know, you first got your first home computer. Um, I mean, you think about all the different jobs that have come out of Silicon Valley and how it's you know, part of our everyday lives now from cell phones to, you know, um, AI even, you know, and we just can't even think about life without it. So that's really what I think the full potential of it could be. I mean, there could just be so many new things created and new industries created and existing industries just redefined by it that, Absolutely. Um, I mean, we just you've, don't know. It could just you've it given really us, be the new internet. You've given us so much to think about. And and get this, hemp can be grown without pesticides and herbicides like glyphosates. Glyphosates, folks. Big problem. All right, oh, yeah. uh, Jen, I'll have to have you on again. This was fantastic. Uh, American Hemp, available Thank at you. Amazon.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, all the best. Back next week, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and uh, Eric Mitchell from MUFON with an interesting abduction story. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.
Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.